I'm Miro. I'm Chris. I'm Eric. And, and this, this is Fort Palm. Thursday, October 5th, 2017. Life without open source. Today we're talking about open source software. Briefly about what it is, why it's important, and what our lives would be like without it. So, briefly, for those that don't know what open source software is, and this is a rather highly debated topic, so we're going to summarize it poorly. Open source software is, for the definitions and simplification purposes of this podcast, any software where you can view the source code, edit the source code, and contribute to the source code, as well as distribute the finished product and do what you want with it. Now, there are many different definitions of open source or free software. In fact, some will even say that free software and open source software are not the same things. There are varying licenses. That's not what this show is about. This one is about what open source software in general has done for our society and how it would be suffering without it. So I wrote down a few things and in 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 writing this stuff down, I just realized that my my life wouldn't actually change a whole lot. <laughs> I seem to live in a close uh close source world, I guess. Your life uh, would definitely change a lot. Oh yeah. You're using yeah, sure. it whether I you mean, know it or not. Sure. The internet itself and all of that. Of course. Um and I do happen to have an Android watch and an Android phone. So I was mostly kidding. Mostly. Um, so, yeah, I, I jotted a few things down of uh, kind of things that uh, that we use every day um, that is powered by open source software that if we didn't have it, uh, let's just say the alternatives to the software uh, is OK. But uh, but I think that we would be the, the development in software would be less fast. So do you remember back in the early days of the Internet? how there were many mom-and-pop internet service uh, internet service providers. Oh, yeah. A good Especially majority the of them ones. ran on FreeBSD, which is an open-source version of BSD. So without FreeBSD, that entire mom-and-pop ISP industry would not be there because licensing costs for operating systems would have been prohibitive, and honestly, there weren't any other operating systems that were really up to the task. So there might not be as many people on the public internet today without um, those open source operating systems. Mom and pop ISPs definitely provided a, a cheaper solution to getting online back then. So I can definitely see the internet having a, a, a kind of a, uh, I don't want to say a, a smaller growth, but uh, but perhaps a slower uh, growth between the 90s and the early 2000s. The backbone of the internet itself also runs on Unix. Yep. And, and gr granted, maybe not uh, entirely open source versions, but eventually. Yeah, even some of the original connection protocols that we would use to dial up with, like PPP, uh, was part of BSD and Linux and all Unix. And the BSD ones were, of course, open source. PPPD. <laughs> yeah. Do you are you all familiar with the software that's uh, being ran to, or at least back then that was ran to power the internet? As far as the backbone is concerned, no. What is it? Uh, I, I don't know. It's Linux. 
No, um, I know. I, I was hoping. I I thought you guys knew. It was either IBM uh, mainframes plus IBM servers, or like Aix, or some other variants of Unix in in the original line. Not Next or anything like that. No, Next came a little bit later than that. Next is the web era, right? That that's that's pretty significant. Uh, the whole World Wide Web thing, and uh, well. Not World Wide Web per se, but the internet itself. So even bigger than the web. Um, well, I have uh, Android written down. We can talk a little bit about that. So I have an Android phone, and I happen to have an Android smartwatch as well. So without open source, um, I would probably be running an iPhone, or using an iPhone, sorry, or some sort of a BlackBerry phone or a Windows phone. Which open source, which piece of open source software specifically are you referring to when you talk about Android? Just the system itself. Which is, which runs on? Linux. Yes. <laughs> the Linux kernel, specifically. Yes. And some of the tools that go with it. Uh, it's, it's, it's really neat that, uh, that Google's been able to develop Android as much as it has. So even iOS, that's built off of... Um, Mock BSD Unix, which uses all sorts of all, which uses many other pieces of open source software as well. That's true, actually. Without yep. an open source, without open source software, uh, the Mac OS that we know today wouldn't exist. It'd, it'd probably be more like the uh, OS Classic. The TCP stack that wouldn't be there. Uh, it's file sharing capabilities, NFS, Samba, printing. I was just thinking about Samba, actually. Pretty much yeah. The, yeah. the bare basics of everything that it does is open source. So, I mean, you can't say without open source software, you'd be using, you'd be, you, you'd be using an iPhone. Without open source software, we would not have mobile, compute, mobile computing at all like it currently is now. Um, I was thinking about another part of uh, open source that has uh, helped out, actually, the security, uh, the, the whole Internet security itself. Um, I was thinking about PGP. And, That's true. Um, yeah, uh, PGP uh, is still being used today uh, for privacy concerns, and and um, it's a it's a certificate, right? You you hand the certificate over, you have your public certificate, and then you have your private certificate, and you you pair them together, and you're able to see whatever it is you were uh, you were keeping secure. So without open source, we wouldn't have PGP. So I was just thinking about that. Well, actually, the first PGP was closed source. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a commercial product, but it was provided for free. But then somebody later came up with an open source alternative to it that was completely compatible with it through reverse engineering and communication, I guess. Uh, because, you know, people wanted it free. Was that company still around when it was free? I mean, when, when they had the... Open oh, yeah. source version? Yeah, definitely. Are they still around? <laughs> I don't know if they are today, but... <laughs> it's right. also not called PGP. The open source version of it is called GPG. PGP stands for Pretty Good Privacy, and GPG stands for uh, GNU Privacy Guard. Okay. I kind of like the PGP name more. I'm just, just going to throw that out there. Just, <laughs> it just kind of rolls off your tongue better. Many... Uh, many other forms of security would not be there. We wouldn't have HTTPS or, or 
SSL or TLS. That's that's open source. Started um, with Netscape and Mozilla. Um, SSH, the secure way we have of shelling into our servers, that's ran by the OpenBSD Foundation. We would not have that. Uh, AES-256, SHA-256, SHA-1. Um, pretty much our entire encryption suite, cipher suite, and hashing suite, we wouldn't have without open source software. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't even thinking near that much. Uh, but I also don't know the the exact contributions that IIS has brought, you know. So I, I that's I didn't know if if IIS was responsible for uh, the secure portion of HTTP. So uh, that's good to know. Eric, what do you have? Well, um, let's see. I have a whole lot of things, but uh, we wouldn't have uh, things that are that are used to drive things that we use every day on the internet, like Apache. Um, Nginx, uh, PHP, Perl, uh, Python, and Python. So some of those are the one, some of the biggest name open source uh, things that just came out of the blue. Basically, Apache was one of the first ones, of course, that provides basically our way of seeing the internet in a more pretty form than Gopher was. <laughs> For anybody that doesn't know about Gopher, uh, you should check out our earlier episode about Gopher. Um, it's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one was fun. ASCII yeah, but... porn. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Even better ASCII porn was BBSs. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Apache's huge. Um, without Apache, our World Wide Web would not be as massive as it is today. Yeah, very true. But people also, people don't want to buy IIS licenses. They don't want to buy operating systems and, and you know pay for pay for that when they already have to pay for hosting costs. Uh, they don't want to add to. They don't want to add a whole operating system to that, and then the licensing that's that's uh, related to that uh, to run their site. I mean, some would, of course, mostly corporate companies and whatnot. But now anybody can start one with Apache. Uh, one thing that the uh, open source software like Apache brings forth was uh, small companies to be able to start up companies, uh, you know, being able to sell products and stuff very quickly, which for a small company, that's an important feature to be able to do. Otherwise, you'd have to be paying hundreds of thousands of dollars just to get all the equipment set up, plus the software, plus everything else that you'd need, even today. If we had no open source software, probably. Yeah, I can agree to that. Um, actually, uh, I wrote something else down here uh, that uh, you seem to be pretty knowledgeable about, uh, Eric. Uh, I wrote down Docker. Um, uh, yes. Actually, before we uh, go there, before we leave web servers, mm-hmm. the, the first web server was open source, CERN HTTPD. Um, it wasn't using a traditional license, but in 91, Tim Berners-Lee announced on a Usenet group uh, the availability of the source code of the server daemon and other worldwide web software from the CERN FTP site. So we owe the entire web to open source software as well. That's it. We're not going to be able to, to to get any higher than that. See, Chris, now you just because now I can't top that off with like, well, 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 we wouldn't have spoons without open source. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. Oh, I also wrote down MySQL. 
All right. Anyway, um, yeah. Wow, that's that's big. <laughs> um, what about Docker? Yeah, I mean, Docker is just a different way of using Linux. Yeah, quite true. Um, Docker, uh, KVM, uh, basically different types of virtualization. Uh, those are all open source because they're they were there. Um, they were com- they were actually competing with alternative commercial solutions like VMware and Zen, and uh, and I'm talking about Citrix Zen specifically on that case because Citrix Zen is the one that's non non open source, whereas they also provide part of their hypervisor code as open source because of the competition. Who <laughs> Docker or Citrix? Citrix. Huh. So they actually have the Zen hypervisor available for Linux, and that's what CentOS was using for a long time. That's what a lot of yep. Amazon is running for their primary hypervisor for all their Amazon web services. So, yeah, very big stuff. Chris, you got one? I think Eric owes us us a couple more. Oh, Eric. Um, Let's see here. We would not have uh, open source compilers. Ah, yes. (laughs) That's a big (laughs) one. That's a very big one because uh, with, with having just an open source compiler... We have opened up the door to anybody being able to program software and not just the people that can afford the compiling software like Turbo Pascal, Turbo Basic, Borland C, Borland, Tur- you know, all the other names that were out there, Microsoft C, you know, all of them. Um, those were very expensive products back in the day. And so our level of computer development for software would be probably a lot less than it is today because we didn't have open source, we didn't have code that was available, we didn't have compilers that people could just download and and run. (laughs) And to clarify, in case there is anyone that doesn't quite know what a compiler is or how it works, that's what takes your code and makes it actually run on the computer. So yes, you can write code, but you need something to turn it into machine language. And before, it used to cost a lot of money to have that integral piece of making it into something runnable and usable on a machine. That's correct. That, that is another big one. You guys, that you keep competing. <laughs> I just have smartwatches. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, what else wouldn't we have? Um, wouldn't have FTP. No? Really? Huh. Well, actually, I might be wrong. Um... See FTP. Kind of want to know if I was gonna. That's... I was gonna top both of you guys off with um, that we wouldn't have Doom without open source. Ooh. However, yeah, but I'm wrong because yeah, Doom actually <laughs> Doom was developed on Next Step, and um, as far as I know, Next Step was closed source. Yep. Yeah, I don't know if the FTP protocol itself was originally open source or not. But I guess it's more of just a spec, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It really is. So that that, that doesn't really count. Uh, oh, but sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. The modern stock market. Really? High-speed computerized training or trading. That is very largely based on Linux. The modern stock market runs on Linux. Huh. Linux wow. makes people a lot of money. Yeah, and it's not asking for any in return. Yeah, I mean, boiling on that, I mean, what would we have for an operating system if we didn't have open source software? 
I um we would have Windows. We would have Windows, maybe OS two if they didn't get crushed, and Mac. Oh, and BOS maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I have to say maybe because you know BOS didn't survive very long, but it did go a while. But it was a closed source operating system to begin with, although it did use open source software in its operating system, like GCC was available for it. But, I mean, would BOS and other things like that even exist? Or would we just be using Windows and and Mac OS? Either way, it would be horrible. I would definitely probably, I don't know if I'd even be using a computer today. <laughs> Alright, so I have one. C. And C++. I'm not sure. Let's see. Let's find out. Eric? Um, I mean, it's an actual programming language that I think only later became ANSI standards. Yeah, I think that comes back down to open source compilers. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say Java next, but I guess not. Yeah, Java is not open source. Right. Sun. <laughs> the runtime wasn't open source until much, much later. Honestly, I think we could have uh, not had Java and we still be sitting pretty <laughs> <laughs> come on it's uh, supposed to run on any device right ones crash anywhere but would java even exist if the open source movement wasn't so much that's the big question probably not no because the whole idea of a, with with java was exactly what uh, euro just said is right once run anywhere i mean if we only had windows and and mac os that's not very much. <laughs> and of course, without the combination of all the other things made possible by open source software, the internet, the web, the uh, tools for compiling the frameworks like PHP and the web servers like Apache and Nginx, we would not have Netflix, we would not have Facebook, we would not have Mozilla. I, we Well, I wanted to say the, the cloud stack altogether. No? We wouldn't have AWS. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking, and yep. that's that's big. They probably wouldn't would have all... Azure either. You don't you don't think so? Do you really think that entire stack is running on Windows? I would hope I mean, so. Azure's using a Linux. Azure's actually using Linux routers inside their stack. <laughs> huh? Did not know that. Um, Cisco Cisco IOS. That's not open source, is it? Oh, definitely so, no. Okay, so aren't the aren't the well? I don't know what routers are using, of course, but um, but if they were Cisco, then yeah. But that does get into another interesting point, Euro. What do most consumer routers today use? Probably some sort of open source software. That that they that is exactly right. They run uh, Linux and their own uh, environment around Linux to make it a very cheap consumer. Uh, grade heart piece of hardware that allows you to get on the internet and share your connection with multiple people. So, um, uh, would we still be buying IO, uh, you know, Cisco hardware just to be able to do that? That yeah. would that, that would not be happening. <laughs> right. Imagine a household buying a thousand dollar router just to get just to share their connection. You're right. <laughs> yeah, it would be really expensive. Yeah, I think we'd probably still be using hubs. Yeah, but hubs didn't let you share the internet connection. It's true. Well, well, wait a minute. They, what do you mean they didn't let you share? They, they let you, they allowed you to use as many IP public IP addresses that your ISP would give you, 
but you weren't able to do anything like natting, you know, firewall. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they didn't route. They didn't route. The hubs didn't route at all, so they didn't actually do anything like that. They would, uh, you would be locked into whatever ISPs uh, decided to give you for their hardware, which, you know, we're, we're doing kind of still going through that transition today, but some ISPs let you buy your own equipment for connecting to them. But uh, the actual bridge device that connects to their service is usually still proprietary. Since we're on the topic of consumer devices, uh, the Roku runs Linux, the Amazon Echo and Google Home run Linux. Uh, I got one. Yeah, what else? TiVo. (laughs) That ran Linux. That's very true. That's run Linux. (laughs) That that was a big one. That that set the standard for uh, PVRs. Yes, it did. Your smart TV, that's a Linux box, for better or for mm-hmm. worse. Some TVs actually use QNX, though. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. And some cars even use QNX. Huh. Oh, home surveillance systems, like home cameras for yep. uh, in surveillance. They have a DVR. They run Linux. Oftentimes, yeah, especially the Chinese ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I got. The, so they'd be a lot more expensive without open source software. Yeah. Oh yeah, and there wouldn't be a, as many a, a variety, and in some cases that might actually be a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Considering that where most of our our stuff comes from tends to be insecure because it's made cheap, fast, and just enough to work. Oh, I got another one. The PlayStation 3 and 4. Yes to both. No? Yeah. 3 okay. is Linux, 4 is FreeBSD. Mm-hmm. Oh, and in addition to that, what about the Steam Box? I mean, are we really missing much there? <laughs> but Fine. Steam Steam as a service would not be possible without open source software. Mm-hmm. It's true. But then okay, also, that's what I meant. <laughs> we're on, if we're on the line of consoles, the Wii U was actually Linux-based. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but not even just Linux, because Linux is just the kernel. There is so much open source software running on top of it. Very true. Mm-hmm. Just the entire, just the entire concept of what you can do with open source software is what makes all of that possible. Yeah, like even smaller components like OpenSSL or you know different LibreSSL or whatever SSL library you want. A lot of things that use uh, open source uses OpenSSL for their security communications. Um, that's a big part of it, like like you said. Um, yeah, our um, we would have much less privacy than we do now, which isn't much, but at least we have the option of uh, decent privacy if we want to go through the hoops of uh, using all that software properly. But speaking of privacy, I got one for you. What would our encryption look like without open source? Uh, uh, Chris already said that. Well, no, we we didn't talk about what it, what it would look like. I mean, oh. back then, all we had originally before you know getting really big into things was, uh, I mean, we had PGP, but that before that was just RSA, and what was the other one? D started with a D. DEC? No. I only know about DES. Huh? DES. DES, correct. So, and DES encryption for a password only allowed you to have eight characters. <laughs> Max. 
What was the password in hackers? God <laughs> or something like that, all lowercase? Rosebud yes. or something? <laughs> oh, no, wait, that's um, that's a different movie entirely. But yeah, I mean, what would our encryption look like today if we had no open source movements going on? It would be backdoored all to hell. It would be export grade, mandated by the government on how secure or in- insecure it should be, which is what they're constantly trying to do now, but it's much harder because, um, you, I mean, it's just math and the math is sound. And once yep. it's out there, it can't be taken away. Exactly. I mean, um, so, I mean, you don't think that closed source companies would, would have eventually come up with encryption standards? They would have, but you can't verify it. I mean, if, if someone, if, if you want to keep something, uh, behind a lock, and someone says, here, use this lock, and you buy it, and you ask them, well, how does it work? How, how, how do I know, how do I know it's secure? They would just say, oh, no, yeah, trust me, it's fine, it's fine. You can't look, but it's fine. Yeah, that, that would be the the number one problem with uh, proprietary security is that you didn't you wouldn't know for a fact that there was no backdoors, no no intrinsic methods of access that you didn't know about. And so you can with never source, ever trust it. With open source, you can verify it, look at it, look at every single detail, go through it, fuzz it to death, everything you want, and it you can ver- validate it. I want to say virtualization. We had virtualization long before open source software, didn't we? We did have some levels of virtualization, like VMware was one, was probably one of the earliest first, but it was, of course, closed source back then and still is. I thought we were doing it back in the 60s. The concept... Oh, there's actually a... <laughs> Oracle, of all places, has a brief history. The concept of... <laughs> Virtualization is is generally believed to have its origins in the mainframe days in the late 1960s and early 70s when IBM invested a lot of time and effort in developing robust time-sharing solutions. Yep. The IBM mainframes was the ones that implemented uh, virtualization first through whatever they wanted to call it. Who knows, because that was so proprietary and not enough people knew what was going on back then. It was like... Black magic. <laughs> yeah. I got one. YouTube. True. Yep. Google. Yep. Google. Yeah. Google itself. <laughs> um, Flash wasn't open source, right? It was Macromedia. No. It was Shockwave. It was, Correct. And wasn't... I'm going to backtrack. Was YouTube made... Wasn't YouTube Flash before it switched it over to HTML? Yep. So... I may have to take that back. We we may not have a we may still have had a YouTube. No, because without open source software, there would be no web. Without no web, okay. there is no YouTube. Well, let's <laughs> see how it is. You gotta you gotta throw that card out. That's kind of a big one. It is. I can't uh, see. I can't uh, can't trumpet. The web is big. The web mm. is so big, very big, bigly. Yeah, I mean, I guess nothing that runs on the web would would today. Would be running if if we didn't have open source, uh, unless it was all running off like I said, IIS and Microsoft SQL databases and uh, Windows Windows Server. Yes, but IIS wouldn't exist if the first web server didn't exist, which true. was yeah, they wouldn't open source. It was made to yeah. compete. Yeah, that's true. It wouldn't exist. So we would still be probably using uh, wall, walled garden type services like Prodigy and mm-hmm. CompuServe. Yep. 
Prodigy, AOL. <laughs> what did those run on? CompuServe, yeah. Oh? And you know, it's funny, those started out as basic BBSs, and then, then they networked each other. Like Fido? Fido was based on all on open standards, though. The spec was at least there, and, and Binkley term was the reference spec for uh, FidoNet. So, I mean, I wonder what would have happened if we didn't have open source in that, that reality. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. We wouldn't have mail exchanging. So because of the compilers, because because of the compilers, we may not have much of anything. Uh, as far as software is concerned. There's a lot of software that certainly wouldn't exist. We still have, oh, yeah. have a lot of software, but... Yeah, we, we I mean, we would still definitely have software, just it would be less of it because there'd be less developers because there'd be less people able to, to buy the software. Or there might be a higher rate of piracy for the yeah. <laughs> the compilers. That's what I'm thinking. That's more likely. Yeah. Yeah. Kindles, we wouldn't have those. No, no fire Those are little Linux boxes, too. Cody. Yep. No. Let's see, what other protocols are there? Um, modern email, SMTP, POP, IMAP. What does what does Apple use for their their proximity service? Their um, what do they call it? Uh, uh, I uh, the the one where you you're you're close to the other Mac and they uh they're able to do like a handshake and and you're able to see them. Oh, uh, used to be called Bonjour. Now it's called uh. Rendezvous or... Oh, or it was called Rendezvous at first. It was called one of those at first. Right. They, they changed the name to something else French. Yeah, Bonjour. Yeah, Bonjour. Yeah. Now, Rendezvous was the original one. Then then mm-hmm. uh, Bonjour became the next one uh, along with Apple Talk. Kind of the same boat. I'm not sure how... I mean, they, they, they came up with all these weird names. And yeah. Everything got scrambled of what, which one's which. <laughs> but they were developed by Apple, right? I mean, it wasn't anything that was oh, yeah. made. Okay. Yeah, Bonjour uh, Rendezvous was one of the first things that did what it did, and only later did ZeroConf come out, which was what Windows made, and their competing standards. Right. Hmm. I think I already said MySQL. Um, that was a big one, though. Um, and there's yeah, there's another one though that's even bigger that no one thinks about. That's in everything. It's in every Kindle. It's in every Roku. It's in every little tiny device that needs a little tiny database. And I think Eric knows what it is. SQLite? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say originally Postgres, but then you said every single device. I'm like, oh, SQLite. (laughs) Yeah. That one's huge. That's a little flat file database. Um, So many things use it. Cars use it. Uh, Video games use it. Heck, even operating systems use it like Android. (laughs) <laughs> that's to me that's a big one they use the sqlite just to store data like configuration it's like what really i mean you think open source database your mind immediately goes to like mysql or postgres first but as far as most coverage i'd have to say sqlite yeah and before that was berkeley db dbase no i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah Hmm. Anything else? There's so much else. It's just hard to keep thinking of them. Yeah. Dropbox. <laughs> well, true. Because without S3, there would be no Dropbox. And mm-hmm. without AWS, there would be no S3. And without Linux and the web and everything else, there would be no Sure. But Amazon, you can apply that to a lot of AWS. stuff. You can apply that to a lot of stuff. I mean, 
you know, Google Docs, same deal, uh, you know, things like that. The the uh, saying is uh, standing on the shoulders of giants. Yeah, I mean, without open source software, we wouldn't have the internet. So we'd probably be in a world of commercial online services that you, I mean, you should, we would still have to pay for that today, but we were more globally connected. Um, let's see. So we would have commercial services like AOL, Prodigy, CompuServe, and then we would have BBSs for everything else. But the browsers that they ran on, weren't they based on um, something like uh, Mosaic? No, those were completely custom. Okay, completely custom browsers made for, for each system, like AOL? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I, I happen to know somebody that worked at AOL and knew a lot of the, their history. So, yeah, the original first ones were completely custom. And they only got that later on after the internet was popular, and then they started to, uh, merging, melding into the internet by being an internet service provider, too. So back to what you said at the beginning, the beginning of the episode... You said you're in a bubble where you don't use much open source software. I take that back. But you you can't not use it. Yeah. And so, so, so many people, they just they, they don't know what it is or why it's relevant. Or if you do tell them about it, they're like, oh, well, how, how can you make any money at that? Um, but everyone, every single thing we've mentioned, they make tons of money with it. Yeah, like TiVo makes... They just rake in the money. <laughs> Even still today. <laughs> Tivo. <laughs> uh, you're not really paying for the software. You're paying for the experience. hardware and the service. Yes. <laughs> it's just always behind the scenes, always in the background, lurking, waiting, mm-hmm. watching you sleep, listening. Well, that's actually Hello, pretty Chris. true because echoes. And Watch stuff. me. Okay, well, I don't have anything else uh, that I can think of right now except the software that I'm using right now, which is Audacity. But uh, other than that, and uh, the video program that we're running right now, and the Rocket Chat client that we're using, and the browser that I'm using. And the machinery that uh, molded the plastic for your keyboard. And No, I have uh, Windows to thank for that. <laughs> the, the mold for the plastic and, and the chair. And the metal that's in your office chair uh, that was milled <laughs> by a computer that runs open source software. <laughs> He's probably really correct there. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Oh, and movies. Tons of movies are built on open source software. Rendered yeah. in... Uh, a notable one that, that really sparked a revolution was Matrix, which used FreeBSD to do all their rendering. Yeah. Oh, huh. <laughs> they had a, a FreeBSD cluster just... Rendering everything. I, I can think of one that we would still have, though. We'd still have Babylon 5. That was actually done on an Amiga. On Video Toaster. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> Which was not open source, I guess. Yeah. So there you go. There That's you go. It's true. Well, we were still... I, you know what? Maybe the world wouldn't be so bad. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's true. We, we might actually still have the Amiga. That's true, <laughs> yeah. So it's, Man. Open source software made us get rid of our Amigas. It's too bad the uh, Linux desktop never actually took off. I think that or Gem. I think that's. <laughs> I think that that's the one place where, uh, where it's actually failed. Yeah, um, it hasn't taken off as much as as other operating systems like Windows or Mac OS. It's uh, it needs to. It's done a great job at becoming more user friendly, uh, especially with uh, Ubuntu. 
but you know Manjaro and the other operating systems are doing a great job, but there there's still still a little bit more work to be done. I disagree. I think it comes more down to marketing and distribution. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, 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 look at uh, Chromebooks. Those are hugely popular. Those run Gen 2 Linux. True. Wait, are they? Yeah. I haven't seen a Chromebook in years. Schools? Tons of schools okay. have them. F- fine. Education. Every single Best Buy. That I wouldn't really miss that, the Chromebooks at Best Buy. Yeah, but, but... you're a power user. Yeah. We're in kind of our own little we-know-what-we're-doing bubble. Linux needs to be able to play games. It can. But better than Windows. <laughs> it can. And then you'll have <laughs> magazines like Maximum PC talking about Linux all the time. Point being, the maximum maximum distribution that the Linux desktop has had so far is probably with the Chromebook. And it's it's dead easy. There's there's nothing to it. There's, there's no maintenance to it. It maintenances itself. Yeah, it updates itself. As long as you have an internet connection. But yes, it updates itself. I mean, I would say the same thing about Android then. Yeah, I was going to go there. Android's more like Windows, though. How so? Well, with the Windows machine, you buy it from Best Buy. It's loaded down with all kinds of crap. With an Android phone, you buy it from some carrier, and it's loaded down with all sorts of crap, and it's just not a very good experience. So what do you think would happen if Linux was the desktop of choice for, you know, e-machines and stuff? (laughs) The exact same thing. Yeah. Yep. You wouldn't be able to get rid of the NFL app. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. The NFL desktop app. Yeah. <laughs> and the weather bug. <laughs> and the bear share. Oh, I could definitely do without the weather bug. <laughs> Bonzi buddy pre-installed. they actually got a virus from weather bug. Does anybody else have anything else to add? Well, since we're going to, 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 to the realm of open source software, imagine books from the library. Because how people learned how to program was actually from open source software. Because because you could get books for free at the library? You could get books for free at the library. You could learn from code from books that had source code so that you could learn to program. And, you know, that that's pretty much the revolution. I would say that these books were not made for the purpose of being in a library. They were made for selling, but... The library just happens to have them? Yep, true. But not all of them. I mean, I don't know. Encyclopedias. No, they used to sell those. I'm talking about the encyclopedia books. Which, by the way, if we didn't have open source software, you know, Wikipedia, and I would be very sad. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think that's about it. I have one more. One more? Oh. Because we wouldn't have mobile computing in its modern form, we we would not have people walking around, video conferencing... Or on speakerphone, like idiots all the time. At a restaurant. At a restaurant restaurant. while you eat. Yep. Yeah, while you eat, and they're being loud, and you're trying to talk to the person that you're eating with, but you can't because some guy over there is being obnoxious and speaking too loud on his phone. Thanks, open source. Yep. Holding the uh, speakerphone to his mouth, like it's it's the bottom of a candy (laughs) bar or something, then moving it to his ear, then back to his mouth, then back to his ear, then back to his... Just put the phone on your ear. We have open source software to thank for that. <laughs> um, I think we had one more section that was missing, and that's the where can you get it? Get pretty much anywhere. Oh yeah, just download it. Just download it. There's no no legal repercussions or anything like that. No, because it's, and that's what's great about it. Yeah, it's uh licensed to be free to use, free to distribute, free to modify. Mm-hmm. 
in different ways, and that's and holy wars are being fought about that still. But you know, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's like some 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 open software, open source software you can download, use, and even put into commercial software, and not give the source code away, like BSD. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm sorry to to backtrack a little bit, but I just got I I when I had said that Linux. And the operating system needs to do a better job in games. They are. They're doing a better job because Unity exists. Yeah. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Unity, but... Uh, the 3D framework. It, it, what? The gaming framework. Yes. Gaming framework. You can practically run it on anything. So you just have to... Ah, yeah, okay. Y- that's why it's called Unity. <laughs> so you, you just uh, you program your game in whatever language you want, and then you can compile to anything. Which is fantastic, and it's huh. it's free. So lots and lots of uh, indie developers are making games, and uh, you do you have to pay if you want to be able to export it to consoles and other devices. So if you wanted to make it to for like let's say the iPhone, then you have to pay. But if you wanted to make uh, any PC port, uh, any PC version, then 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 no, it's completely free. Nice, interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't I did not know about Unity actually. Yeah. The only Unity I knew about was that one made by Canonical, and I'm like, huh? No, 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 not that. No, Unity, uh, actually, if you go to unity3d.com, they have the, uh, uh, all, you know, all the software. I have there. heard of that now that you now that you add the 3D part to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots, yeah, lots of popular games. Uh, Hollow Knight is one of them that I can think of right now. Yep. So, they are doing a Good better stuff. job. I have, I have nothing else. I think we have reached the end of the hall if anyone would like to submit um their input on what life would be like um without open source software what we would be missing what devices we wouldn't have uh protocols services anything they can be sent in to either our facebook page if you do a search for fork bomb podcast on facebook or via twitter at fork bomb podcast or to our email address forkbombpodcast at gmail.com we would love to hear from you i'm sure we've missed a ton and thank you both for having this discussion it was fun it was it was it was fun see you guys i'm gonna hit stop on my open source recording software yeah me too so who wants to go first Because my notes suck. <laughs> I have one line. <laughs> yeah. What's going on over there? Are you going to wait for the... You want to tranquilize them or something? <laughs> <laughs>